Thank you, RJ. I've never had that kind of intro music before. I felt kind of like, ooh. Yeah, give it up for RJ today. Well, hey, my name is Brandon, and I'm on staff here at Fairdale, and um, I'm excited that I get to share with you today. So last time I was with you, I believe it was like late October, and my life has been eventful. It has been eventful, okay? Here's, here's what has gone on. We had um, November came around, we had Thanksgiving holiday, then I got married, yeah, okay. Thank you, thank you. Then we had Christmas, then we had New Year, then we had COVID. So it has been an eventful week. We're all good, we're all healthy, but I'm so excited to be with you all here today. So um, one of the things that I, I want to know is in this room, I always find that there's, there's two types of people. Okay, and the, and the, first, the first type of person, I'm, I'm guessing you're more like me. See, like me... When I go to my favorite coffee shop, I live in southern Indiana, and there's a coffee shop called Coffee Crossing. There's several locations. You should go check them out if you're in southern Indiana. There's a little plug for my buddy who owns a coffee shop called Coffee Crossing. But um, my favorite drink there, okay, and I, you're going to make fun of me, okay? You're going to make fun of me because everybody does. I like a large cold brew, okay? You guys ever had, let's pause here. Has anybody had cold brew? You know what that is? Okay, I'm going to educate you because some of you know what it is, some of you don't. It's amazing. They take coffee beans, and instead of heating them up, they soak them in cold water for like so many hours, and it's a cold drip, and it turns into the most deliciousness nectar of coffee that's ever been created and put on this earth. So some of you are like, oh, I've had iced coffee. No, no, no. No, no, no. Cold brew. Go check it out. Starbucks has it. Other places have it too. But anyways, when I go to Coffee Crossing, I get... A large cold brew with five Splenda and extra cream, okay? That's my order. I stick to it. I know what it tastes like. I've been drinking it for like five or six years. And if it isn't exactly like that, if it's made with four Splenda or they don't put enough cream or they put too much cream or whatever, I drink it and I'm like, this, is, this isn't right. This is, this is the right order. And so here, here's how bad it is. So... Um, one time I was talking to uh, my roommate at the time, guy had some guys lived a bunch of dudes, we all lived together, and he was one of the managers. And I said, Tyler, the coffee at this location, the cold brew, right? The coffee, the cold brew coffee at this location tastes different. He goes, no, 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 it's made the same, it's the same water. I said, I'm telling you, it, 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 is, it tastes different. It's not bad, it's not that it tastes bad. It's just, this location, it, it, it tastes better, I'm telling you. And he goes, no way. So he decides to try to trick me. So he brings home cold brew for me, and he goes, hey, I brought this cold brew, and it's from the store that I said was really good, the store that I liked, the store I said that their cold brew tasted better, the store that actually knew how to make it right, right? So he said, I brought it from there. And I took a sip, and I said, dude, this was made wrong. And he goes, no way. He goes, I tried to trick you by bringing it from the other store to see if you could tell a difference. And I told him there was a difference. I knew it. And so the other thing that happens is when I go with my wife now and we get coffee is I'll say like, in, if we, even if we're in the drive-thru, I'll say, yeah, I'll take a large cold brew with five Splenda, extra cream. And then I, I don't like a straw. I'm an ice chewer. Like I have a vendetta against ice. I just want to destroy all of it. I like to chew ice. 
So I want what's called the nitro lid, like they don't put the straw in it. It's a super diva coffee order. I know you can make fun of me. I'm not saying I'm okay with this. But when I order that order and the person on the other line, they say, okay, you can pull forward, Brandon. And I'm always like, ah, they, they know me by my coffee order. There must be something. So it turns out I talked to my buddy who owns those coffee shops, not complaining, not trying to get in trouble. But I told him, I said, hey, your cold brew at this location it tastes different. This one tastes good. It's fine. I, call it, I still drink it. I still buy it. But over here, it tastes better. And he told me the same thing as my roommate. No, it's made the same. It's all the same filtered water, all the same machines. Sure enough, he went in after I, I told him about it enough times. I said, dude, taste test me. I'll tell you which stores or which cold brew. I just know. And he went in and they were making it incorrectly by like they're off on how they mixed all the stuff together. And guess what? I got a free coffee out of it. So I won. But hey, I don't know if you're like that or you're like some other people. Like I find like you're some, there's two types of people. It's like you're very particular about things you eat and things you want. And you're going to be really upset if you go to Taco Bell and you said light on the tomatoes. They didn't go light on the tomatoes. That's how I am. Like I want it to be exactly how I want. I want the steak to be cooked exactly how I want it. Or... You're the type of person who's like, I don't need all that froofy cold brew drink. Just give me like the black coffee, right? Just give me a cup of black coffee that's like a thousand degrees and I'll bup, 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 down the hatch. I don't know how your throats handle it. But equally as opinionated are, I don't need all that stuff, right? Or you're like our staff, like I talked to different staff members this week and asked them about particular things that they like, and it was kind of half and half. Some people are like, oh no, I want plain stuff, or no, I want it detailed with lettuce and mayonnaise and this and this. It's got to be this and this sauce and this and this and all these different things. But what I know and what I've learned from myself and from other people, we're very particular about what we like. Are you guys agreeing on that? Whether it's you like all the stuff or you don't like all this stuff. You're like, oh, my, my buddy Justin in college, one of my best friends, groomsman at my wedding, he has never eaten lettuce in his entire life. That's not even a joke. He has a whole, come on. Like, no, no. Like, he said one time he bit into a cheeseburger and like a piece of the like iceberg shredded lettuce, like he's like, what is that? And he's like, oh, he found a little piece of lettuce and threw it down. He just never has. He goes and gets a plain cheeseburger, ketchup only, and he makes sure and he searches that whole thing. One of our staff members I talked to, I loved it. He said, I pretty much like how sandwiches come at restaurants or I like how things come, but I don't want those scary vegetables on top of it. Like I try to stay away from those scary vegetables. And so we're all particular about our stuff and the things that we like and the things that we want and, and whether it's what comes on our food or how we watch TV or how we sleep or how we keep our car clean or how we mow our yard or how we do this or how we wash this. My mom never let anybody touch the dishwasher growing up because we would do it wrong because she would... Oh, I'll rearrange everything because it had to go a certain way. You and I, whether we like to admit it or not, we're so particular about our stuff and our things and what we want and what we drink and what we eat. And what I think can happen is if we let that stuff get too out of sync or we let that stuff become so much of a focus in our life, those things that we're supposed to enjoy and be part of our everyday living creates anxiety. 
It creates anxiety. What we're going to wear the next day. What we're going to buy. How are we going to afford to do this? How are we going to afford to pay for our kids? How are we going to pay for this? What if I go on our grocery bills too much? Well, if the grocery pro- the cost of groceries goes up, how am I going to afford to do this? Are we going to have to cut short? And this daily life things become from something that sustains us and takes care of us and something we enjoy becomes this point of anxiousness in us to where we focus on it and we become so consumed with it that we miss other things. Well, we're talking about this prayer series. And Jesus talks about this very thing in prayer. And in the prayer, he says to pray like this. And Brandon spoke the last two weeks about this. But, but how Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Next verse, your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's two things there. Brian talked to you guys. We're just going to touch on them real quick. The first one is we need to acknowledge and praise God for who he is. God, how, how you are God, you created the world. I think Christmas is a great time that we focus on that, right? It's easy to focus like, God, you love us so much. You sent your son. We praise you and we acknowledge that you're God. I think, I think we can grasp that and get a hold of that. And the next one that he talked to you about last week and what what Jesus says here is your kingdom come and your will be done. That's really hard. And I'll bring and talk to you guys about what happens when God's will goes against our will. And I think we look at God's will and what Jesus wants in our life. And that's really hard, but that that can come. We look at that as like the big things, right? Like, God, who am I supposed to? To marry? Who am, where am I supposed to work? Where is my family supposed to live? How am I supposed to do this? What is this? And we hand that to God and say, God, your will be done in my life and the people around me because your will is perfect and pleasing to you. And we pray that and we acknowledge God and we ask for God's will, but Jesus wasn't done. And there's this next just extremely short verse that I want to read to you that has so much power with it. Jesus says this, give us this day our daily bread. Now you might be thinking, oh, well I started keto this year. No bread. I don't need it. This verse doesn't apply to me. No, it's more powerful than that. And he's not saying you should eat bread every day, but he's saying give us this day our daily bread. And what that means is God Give me what I need to survive the day. Because here's what I know. Here's what I know about our culture is we pack our days full of stuff. We pack our days full of stuff. I I follow several Instagram accounts about health and, and workout and different stuff like that. And what I always see is if you did everything that everybody recommends, you would need like 50 hours every day. Right? Like it's recommended that you get up and you go to the gym and you exercise, right? It's recommended that you, like we encourage people to have a quiet time every day with the Lord, which is awesome. That's, that's something you should do if God puts it on your heart. None of this stuff is bad stuff, but if I'm supposed to work out and I'm supposed to have a quiet time, then you all with kids are laughing because you're like, I pray that all my kids have shoes when they get to school, right? Like there's different things that we, we, we all have this and <clears throat> then I'm supposed to take time to get to work, and then I'm supposed to rush to work, and then I'm supposed to stay focused on work, and then I've somehow got to get my kids picked up from practice, and then somehow I've got to get dinner on the table, and then there's later practices, then there's homework, and there's just so much stuff in our life 
then no wonder we start to stress out and it gives us anxiety about the everyday stuff. Jesus wants that brought to him and asked and say, Lord, give me today my daily bread. Give me what I need to make it through today. And this goes back to even God's people. See, God's people before Jesus, there was a giant group of them. There's probably, the, the historians say around a million people. That's, that's so many people. And they were stuck in the middle of a desert. And I don't know about you, I don't even like to go camping, let alone uh, like being stuck in a desert. And so you have a million people who need fed every day, who need water every day, who need to go to the bathroom every day, who need somewhere to sleep at night, who need somewhere to go if it's too hot, they need something to do. And you have this million group of people walking through the desert. So here's what God says. I'll provide for you every single morning you got to get up and pick up this bread that was called manna, which literally means, what is it? Like, what is this stuff? It was provision for their day. And he told him, you get out there and you pick up that manna, and you never, ever save it for the next day, because I'm going to give you exactly what you need tomorrow. And I'm going to give you exactly what you need the next day, until the final day, he tells them to rest. And so on Saturdays, or Fridays in their culture, they would have kept that, and then for the next day, they would have extra manna. But here's what people did. God promised them that. Promised them that. They're already out in the desert. They used to be slaves to Egypt. They used to be whipped and they used to have to work so hard. And he delivered them away from that. They saw the water part so they could cross this river. And every day there's signs of God all around them. But you know what people did? I'm going to put this manna and put it in a bag just in case. Right? They took this man, God, they saw, they were front row seat to what God was doing. <clears throat> and every single day, somebody would try to put some aside and it would go rotten. And yet God, every single morning said, I'll provide for you. And I will put this in front and you're going to have all you need for the day to sustain you. I don't know about you, but there's a lot going on in our world. And that means different things for different people in this room. Maybe COVID has wrecked your job. Maybe there's stuff going on in this world where you've had to switch around some things. Maybe money's changed. Maybe whatever it is in your world. But you're starting to understand, man, what am I supposed to do? Because there's so much demand just for everyday things in our life. Whether it's our bosses, whether it's our family, whether it's ourselves, whether it's whatever. A lot of times we find ourselves just trying to survive. Then you throw all the desires we have and all the, the contentment. See, here's the thing. We struggle with being content. The Israelites struggled with being content. We can struggle with being content. Right? If we're left this, if we don't ask God to take care of the daily stuff, if we don't submit to Him and say, God, I'm going to take whatever you got for me today, it creates that anxiousness. Because we always want more. We're never happy. We can never just handle the black coffee. Right? We can't just handle, well, you know, I want clothes, but it's got to be these certain clothes. Well, I want this. Well, you know, I, I, I love my house, but every time you go to someone's house, I'm so guilty of this. Every time you go to someone's house, yeah, what we'd like to do is maybe someday do this. Or, yeah, our kitchen's not big. Or, yeah, our appliances. Or whatever it is, we constantly are always thinking to the next thing. Because maybe if we can get to that next thing, then we'll truly be happy. <clears throat> right? Because I'm not happy with what I have now. So maybe if I can get to that next thing, then I can be happy. 
And here's what Jesus says in the same chapter, later on in this verse, he says this. This is so tough for our culture today. This is so tough when I read this. This is one of those sermons where I'm like, man, God, I get it, okay? But here's what Jesus says later on in that chapter in verse 25, Matthew chapter 6. He says this, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Of which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour span of his life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, all his glory, richest dude, brilliant dude, all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and the Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God, His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Don't miss this, don't miss this. Do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble what would our lives look like instead of soaking in the anxiety and trying to control everything ourselves and being so particular about different things because here's what's scary if you start praying for God's provision God's provision is probably not what you and I want for ourselves that's scary stuff to pray for because we want control Right? I want control. I, yeah, okay. I, I'm not going to worry about the food and that kind of, you know, I'm going to worry about the clothes and you know, that kind of stuff. But, but I want control over my own life. But submitting to Jesus and praying to Him every day, at the end, we really don't want the control. But my question is why is it that you and I work so hard to live as if there's not a God instead of working so hard to live submitting to God? Why is it that we work so hard? to try to provide for ourselves when Jesus is saying, all you got to do is ask me. All you got to do is ask, and I will take care of you today for what you need today. Some very close friends of mine they used to work with, tons of people used to go, um, and, and still do, they go on this mission trip every year to Guatemala. And it's with an organization um, that goes down there, and they build houses in Guatemala for, for people who are very in, in, in very much a lot of need. <clears throat> and they go down there and they build this very simple home. It's built on a concrete slab. And they're, they're super, like, well-built and stuff. But to be honest, like, those houses, we probably have nicer sheds. And we probably have nicer stuff than they do. But what every person I know that goes to Guatemala never fails. The first time they go to Guatemala, they go down there. And one of the first things that they tell me, don't miss this, please don't miss this. They say, we go down there and those people are so full of joy and they have nothing. They're so happy and they have nothing. We build them this house and they talk about how we're their savior and how we came down and we did this thing. We built them this, this shed that's going to give them provision for their life and they're so thankful 
They didn't walk into the house and say, ah, can you make this corner a little bigger? Can you guys paint it this color? What if we could add on a little addition? They don't do that stuff because they're so thankful. Because they see that God provided. And so I wonder and I hope and I pray that changes you and I's heart. That we start to go to God every day as we pray. And we say, God, give me what I need today. Don't let me be distracted about the anxiety I get from daily provisions and the stuff I would like in my life. God, give me what I need to survive the day. Provide for me what I need. And when God takes that anxiousness off of us, takes that pressure off of us, then we can fully grasp what God wants to do in your life. So my bottom line for y'all, choose asking over anxiousness. Ask God, bring it to him. Say, God, provide for me today. And what you provide, I will trust that it's enough so that I can love my family more efficiently. So I can work at my job even better. So I can do all these things and hand that to you and say, God, we trust in you. Let me pray for us today. God, we love you. We praise you. We acknowledge you for who you are. We ask for your will to be done in the lives of these people in this room. We ask for your will to be done in the life of this church and in our city and in our country. And we just ask that your will be done, not as we would have it, but as you would have it. So I pray that all of us, we pray for our daily bread, our daily dose of you that we can be who you want us to be, that we can take your provision, not how we want it, and not how we desire it, and not the things that we think we deserve or the things that we want or the things that we're not content with, but we want to take your provision and what you want from us. And God, we're going to trust that that is enough. Lord, we love you. Bless the rest of our day and our weekend. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless y'all.